as a student, how many black teachers did you if your have? answer is two or less, you are not alone. We know that black teachers are under attack. And with all the conversation happening about black teacher recruitment, shouldn't we be talking about retention too? So where are all of our black teachers? I'm so glad you asked. In the new monthly podcast series from Two Dope Productions, the exit interview coming in late January, Asia Lyons. Hey, y'all. And me, Kevin Adams, talk with former black educators who've been pushed out of the classroom. We want to know their stories. Who or what made them leave? How was their family affected by the push out? And most importantly, what are they doing now that they've left the classroom? If you'd like to be on the exit interview, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Dope Teachers or email us at twodopeteachers at gmail.com. Citizens of the two dope nation. What is slapping it? Every everything slapping. <laughs> slapping it. That's a new one. Slapping it. It is. Uh, man, I'll tell you that my, my child is gonna hate you because that's gonna find its way into my lexicon. <laughs> you know it is. That's how I'm gonna start out the day tomorrow. What's slapping it, kids? Hey, in case you um, thought you were clicking on NPR's Morning Edition, you are not. This is Two Dope Teachers and a Microphone. My name is Gerardo Munoz. I'm your boy, your man, your man, no longer a boy, your man, Kevin Adams. That's right. And we are merely two public school teachers in the great, unpredictable weather city of Denver, Colorado. Yes. Queen City of the Plains, as it's known as. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Queens. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's it's a queen. Whatever, whatever that means. Whatever that means. Either I don't know. Either. <laughs> All I know is that like the most important thing I thought I learned about Denver growing up was it is the only thing between there and there. There ain't nothing else. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, like, there's like Denver. Like so. So why is Denver cool? Because we out here. <laughs> Because this is why your favorite artists will play a Wednesday concert in That's Denver. Because right. right. it's in between St. Louis and L.A. And why Tom Loke <laughs> won't show up to the Bobby Brown Troop and Levert uh, concert back in 1988, but I ain't salty. I'm not holding it against I, you. I ain't even mad 30... <laughs> Bobby Brown and Levert concert. Was, that's, was, that's a concert. Bobby Brown Troop and Levert. Remember Troop? That, that's fitting for this episode. I feel like this whole conversation, this is where we've been. This is where we've this been. This is where we've been. Nah, man, I was I was like listening to the five heartbeats for reasons that you will find at the end of this episode. Um, because that man, there's some good music on that. So, man, good here music. we are. We are out here. Uh we are coming at you. We're recording late tonight, and you don't know late. This. You don't know this, but it's because we have this incredible guest from the other side of the world. Yes. The other side of the, the other world. side of the world. 
I don't it's funny think... you say that. I have a song called The Other Side of the World. Maybe I'll no. let the Two Dope Nation maybe, maybe, maybe we can see what Two Dope Nation thinks about it. Um, we put it on this, this week's playlist, which will have some really wonderful stuff. Um, so uh, I, I think, Kev, I think this is the furthest away guest that we've ever had. Yes. Yes. And Most definitely. Like, it used to be Jose in New York, but <laughs> now it's... Right. This, this guest, this guest jumped, jumped Jose. Yep. We love you, Jose. But 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 Bahrain Bahrain's further than New York. That's right. So although uh, they, there might be some similarities culturally. So who do we have today, Kev? We have the wonderful, the amazing, Lashonda Garrison. That's right. And Lashonda Garrison is the Dodea 2021 uh, State Teacher of the Year. And if you don't know what that is. Uh, yes. Is if it, you haven't heard of the, sto- uh, the state of Dodea, Dodea. <laughs> why have you been paying attention in geography class? Right, exactly. Why you miss exactly. you miss Dodea? Studies. Save social studies classes. That's why you don't know that there's actually 56 states and not 50. Um, <laughs> so uh, the so Dodea is, is the Department of Defense educational um, something. Um, <laughs> that that basically the system that educates uh, students that are in embassies, military families abroad. And uh, yes. LaShonda, LaShonda's dope. LaShonda is dope. super dope. Um, we talk about- Too dope. Too dope, way too, and maybe even too dope for this podcast. But maybe. But fortunately she has not realized that yet and we will have this fire episode for you. So uh, we're gonna talk a little about to, LaShonda, to LaShonda a little bit about her path um, as a military kid coming up, becoming a teacher, serving in the Department of Defense educational system, and, um, you know, getting to know kids. She's currently teaching in Bahrain, actually currently not teaching in Bahrain, because yep. it's a sabbatical for her Teacher of the Year um, distinction. Which Gerardo's not, not, he is not jaded about I'm that, not that mad. he doesn't get a sabbatical. Not mad, not mad. I ain't even mad. Nope. I'm cool. I'm chilling. I've gotten over that. I'm, I'm not even going to mention cool. it. I wasn't even mad before. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm cool. <laughs> Who's uh, upset about medical? I'm cool. Whatever. It's whatever. It's whatever. You know, some people get a year off. Some people don't. That's okay. I'm going to stay on this grind. It's cool. You know, the state of Dodea clearly has the ability to give its teacher of the year a sabbatical. And I'm not saying anything about the state of Colorado. I'm saying nothing about the state of Colorado. I, I love... I love my sweet centennial state. That's right. The, the, this gateway to the West. Um, so, um, <laughs> so we're going to have a great conversation. Um, but before we launch into that, if you are listening to two dope teachers in a mic yeah, for the first time, yes, we are always like this. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two dope teachers. You can like us on facebook.com slash two dope teachers in a mic. Although somebody told me that link is broken. A shout out to oh, no. from the what's her name podcast who emailed me to say, I think your link to Facebook is broken. So your auntie can't catch us right now. Um, and you can also email us, uh, praise DoorDash gift cards, uh, story ideas, um to two dope teachers at gmail.com if you want to support the work go to patreon.com slash two dope teachers where we have a little bit of a, a deal going on right kev yes and again looking for the the next few patrons i don't know if it's five anymore but uh the next couple of you if you sign up immediately you will get an autographed copy of cornelius miners we got this this graphic novel dope super dope stuff inspiring 
So uh, what, what, uh, join us. Join the Two Dope Nation. What do you got to lose? At the Two Dope level, and you can support this amazing work that uh, we are attempting to do every day. So um, without any further ado, this interview goes a little long, um, but it's worth every single minute. Uh, we are going Get to- Get ready for your long run or your long ride, walk yeah, or your, your long ride, or your long canoe. Maybe my people out there canoeing to this, rowboating. We I see you. Your long paddle boarding. Are people paddle boarding? I think some people are. Um, it could just be your long chilling on the couch, but because remote- Roll, Rollerblading. Draining your soul. Some folks, it's rollerblading. Rollerblading. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. You know, however you do it. I did. I, I said without for, uh, further ado, and this is a lot of ado. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so we're going to go ahead and drop this uh, interview. Kevin, myself, and 2021's Dodea Teacher of the Year, LaShonda Garrison. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, Two Dope Nation? I'm here, Kevin is here, and guess who else is here? We are here with the LaShonda Garrison, the Teacher of the Year from, get this, the Department of Defense. Yes. Is that, do I have that right? You do, you have most of it I think I left some of it out. (laughs) Correct us really quickly so we get this intro right. (laughs) Okay, so. Um, for the title, Department of Defense Education Activity, and we say DODEA for short. DODEA. DODEA. That sounds dope. Mm-hmm. Right. We that like that. Sounds, <laughs> that, sound dope. that does sound dope. So the, That the, was done on purpose, just to sound dope. Yes, yes, yeah. This, That's, this it, was, hey, if you're going to have an acronym, it better sound cool. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to have something like Mensa, which in my, you oh know, my, in my yeah. other tongue, mean not very bright um, (laughs) we always had a fun time with that oh you're in mensa (laughs) that's great okay um yeah it's good stuff so yeah so this was such an interesting thing for me to realize that there were 56 state teachers of the year and i'm like hold up i I feel like there's only 50 states (laughs) and um and then someone said well there's some territories i'm like okay and then i saw you pop up on the facebook group and i was like Oh, that makes sense. So, LaShonda, welcome to Two Dope Teachers and a mic. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I'm so, so excited to be here. So, thank you. We're excited to have you, definitely. Um, (laughs) So, we are going to get into all of the accolades. Um, We may need to do a separate episode for all the accolades and recognition that you've received recently, right? Um, We kind of want to start with... um, your story. So as, as you know, Two Dope Teachers in a Mic is essentially a way to create a digital uh, community of teachers of color. A lot of times we're fairly isolated uh, and we have tough paths kind of getting to what we to where we landed. So I guess the first question would be, um, why did you become a teacher and um, what <laughs> in your path kind of brought you to this place? Oh gosh, I think that's such a loaded question or <laughs> questions, I should say. You specialize in loaded questions. Take your time though, take your time. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Um, you know, there are many different stories that I think led to me becoming a teacher. Um, grow, I grew up as a military kid. So my dad is a retired Marine and my mom is from the Philippines. So 
both of them coming from that background, my mom coming from abroad and my dad, you know, being a Marine, it was just very interesting moving around as a child. And I would have to think back when you said that question, what made me decide to be a teacher? I went back to a teacher and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to verbally process this on your show. Wait, dude, like that, <laughs> that's that's what for. the entire show is. The whole show is processing. I love verbally processing. <laughs> I'll probably learn. Yeah, I'll <laughs> learn some things about myself today. Um, I, I'm actually, it was so funny. Um, a teacher popped in my head whom I loved very much. Her name was Miss Jenkins and she was my third grade teacher. And I think there are a couple of things of why she was significant to me in particular is because she was, oh, she was, she was my third grade teacher, but she was also probably one of my only black teachers I had as a child. I'm trying to think yeah. back. I think she might've been the only one. And here's the deal. At that time, my parents were getting a divorce okay. and she saw me and she took care of me. I even remember my mom bringing me to her house one time when I was a child because she just like loved on me. And I think she was probably the only teacher in elementary school. Okay, that's not true. Maybe sixth grade. But mm -hmm. She wasn't a teacher of color, but she, I believe she saw me too. Yeah. But she was one of the only teachers who really took that time and went out of her way to nurture me and to care for me. Mm -hmm. And that was very powerful. But I believe she was my only teacher of color wow. that I had as an elementary school kid. And that's very challenging because not only was, was I keep saying was, I am, not only am I a child of color, mm -hmm. I'm a biracial child. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it was always hard for me growing up thinking about the communities I lived in. Mm -hmm. I embraced myself as a black child. I remember going around my neighborhood and, you know, BET was so big then. Yes. And, you know, they used to have that James Brown clip, like, say it loud. I'm yep. black, black and I'm proud. I remember walking around the neighborhood with my friends, chanting that. That song, bookend, you know, it was beautiful. Did he? Oh, I would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta get that. We gotta get the recording of that, bro. Yes. <laughs> oh, I wonder, did yes. they record it? I don't know if they did. You're gonna have to find that because that's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember chanting as a child, it probably did. Like I knew, I knew that I was proud, but also what's interesting is I'm going around my neighborhood saying these things, but I'm not even fully received as being black. Yep. You mean in kind of your own community, your own community, whatever that means, or just in general? Well, that's a great question. Because I'm a military child, I moved around a lot. Yeah. So when I would move to different schools and different places, mm -hmm. you know, I see myself as a black person because that's what my skin color is. Yep. Yep. But I'm not received. So I show up as something, but I'm not received that way at all times or fully that way. Yep. Yep. And as when my parents divorced, we lived with my mom for a long time. So I'm raised by this Filipino woman. I identify, of course, as being Filipino inside, but I'm seen as black. So yep. I show up in the world as black, but I'm not right. received as such. 
either because my hair is different or I don't have all the time um, the same accent or yep, the same, yep. you know, how, how my voice is, it's more descript because being a military kid, you move and you don't yep, adapt yep, yep, an accent. So, so it was really interesting going through those experiences. And I think that has a lot to do with me becoming a teacher and just trying to create a space for my students to be seen yeah. and heard. Mm. That's so powerful. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have those experiences. Being seen can be an example and not being seen can really be an example for- Oh yeah. Yeah, I cut you off like I always do. Uh, I was just gonna <laughs> ask, where was that where you had Miss Jenkins? Where, what, right. where, where were you living then? Um, in Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah, Quantico. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was where I had Miss Jenkins. I would love to find her. I've been thinking about her a lot recently. I'll bet you have. I would love to find <laughs> where she's at. Oh, yeah. For sure. I have been thinking about her. We'll circle back to this um, in the second segment. But um, has this experience as, um, as the Dodea Teacher of the Year um, kind of got you reflecting a little bit more on teachers that have impacted Miss Jenkins or otherwise? Has that sort of come into your consciousness a little bit more deeply? Somewhat. Her in particular, not really my other teachers, mm. I would have to say as I'm thinking about it, but Miss Jenkins in particular has been coming up because the community that I was in at that time it wasn't a very, just a season of my life as a child at that time, was it very safe? I didn't feel safe. Um, I think it was a very poignant time for me as a child mm -hmm. and she was part of that and she's what made me feel safe. So um, part of the hard things with my mother in particular was there were a lot of cultural barriers. Mm -hmm. So I, went through things as a child and just growing up that she didn't fully understand. So it kind of made me feel alone as a child because she didn't really understand a lot of times for, in my opinion, the depth of what I was going through because of the cultural and language barriers. Mm -hmm. And because at that time, especially when I was younger, when a lot of Filipinos came to the United States, they told each other not to teach their children the language. Like my yeah. mother didn't teach us Tagalog because they wanted us to fully immerse and be Americans. Yep, and I've heard that, I've heard that. Yes, and a lot of Filipinos, you know, they tend to have a lot of strong accents and they didn't want that put on their children. Yep. But I think it did us a huge disservice because on the Filipino side too, you know, we're like, oh, we're, you know, we're Filipino. Oh, but do you speak Tagalog? Oh, no, we don't. Okay, never mind. Right. So yeah. then. Gosh, that feels <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so sad. And, and one of my concerns is when my mother gets even older, if something happens to her, God forbid, will she revert back to Tagalog? And how are we going to talk to her? We have a hard enough time now in English. You yeah, know? yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so th that was very challenging is even in my own space living and growing up, did she really understand what I was going through? And the reason why I'm talking about that is because she brought us to some of these horrible communities and they were dangerous and they weren't safe. And she had no clue what was happening. And 
those memories have come up as a child. Like, did she not know? We were like, she was bringing us to the hood. She had no idea. She just wanted to hang out with her friends. And I'm like <laughs> walking around in these places. And now as a mother and as a teacher thinking about where my mother had taken me and <laughs> I'm like, how in the world did nothing happen? Now, my dad told me, he was like, I prayed for you every day. And I'm like, thank <laughs> God because mom had no idea where she was taking us. <laughs> and I even think in my own neighborhood where we lived at the time, I don't even think she really knew or understood what was happening in those places and in those yeah. communities. And I'm like, I wouldn't bring my kids over there, you know, just because it's dangerous. It just wasn't safe. And, but I was safe. Nothing happened to me. But now thinking back, I'm like, oh my goodness. Things happened to other people who I knew. I mean, yes, it could have been yeah. me. It could have been me. But yeah, it was very interesting. Just the language barriers, the cultural barriers, the, the vision of what a mother is on TV. Um, I think, you know, my sister and I struggled with those things too, because we came from such a unique background mm -hmm. and it was so different than everyone else. Yeah. 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 You know, that is interesting. We think, you know, and um, growing up because I, my parents moved us from Georgia to Denver. We moved to a very white oh, area, wow. you know, and, and from Atlanta. <laughs> right. So and, like, and, oh, wow. And so my, the Highlands Ranch and yes not knowing Denver just just trust me, it is what it sounds like it's very okay. white area I'm gonna say know? Highlands and, Ranch and one of the things my dad mentioned he was like I'm sorry we you know he's like in some ways I regret you know I, I wondered did that harm you you know moving to that type of community you know and and not having you know language barriers or other things but just the, being in these kind of communities that are you know parents go into with very you know well-minded intentions, right? Like this is a good community, but not always seeing though, right? whatever, what all the other barriers that that brings with you. Yeah. Different kind of danger, different kind of danger right? Yes. Different dangers. Yes. Well, that was, yeah, definitely in my growing up, it was similar because we we went into a neighborhood that there were no, like my mother's white, my, my father's Mexican. And so, but you know, oh wow! And but there were no white people or Mexicans in my neighborhood. It was a it was a predominantly black. Oh wow! Black so, neighborhood. And we were there. My dad, you know, he came in in the early seventies. He didn't know anything. Um, my mom had a really good idea. She actually grew up nearby. But um, but it but it's interesting, you know, for my dad. He's like, okay, we can afford that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. That's we're living we're there. Yeah. <laughs> and you had to, you know, my mother. She was recently divorced. Mm -hmm. She didn't, you know, you have, I mean, she she speaks English, yes. but she has a, she has a strong accent for other people. I don't hear it. You know, it's really funny with my husband because he's <laughs> white American and sometimes he's looking at her. I'm like translating, you know, <laughs> translating. <laughs> I'm like, she, she asked if you want a chicken. What? You didn't hear that? Seriously? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that's, how, so, that's how it was with John with his uh, New Orleans accent. Like people didn't know yes. what he was saying. And I was like, he says, good morning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, duh, she just asked if you want a chicken. He's like, what? <laughs> so that was very interesting just growing up. But all of those things make you who you are, right? Your highs and lows, your ups and downs. And that makes you this 
beautiful thing because no one else has your story. Yes. You know, those are all things that make me who I am. And there were parts of course that were scary and I had to process, there were traumas. um, And those were just my traumas growing up and learning how to like settle within myself with race, with how I show up and being received were, and those things kind of stuck with me, especially those things, how I show up. And, um, I was sharing with someone yesterday, like, I think that's why I'm an introvert because you don't feel comfortable and confident when you grow up not being seen because you're not comfortable or confident in who you are, especially as a child, you retreat. And I'm like, I wonder if that's why I'm an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) We tend to think of those things as being, well, you're an introvert, so that's why you do this, but maybe it is this other experience, this trauma, this uncertainty, this ambivalence, this invisibility, this, you know, that feeling that actually, you know, sort of points as well, if I'm not going to be seen, I, I, Maybe I just shouldn't be seen, <laughs> you know. Yes. And yes. it's safer that way. Yep. It's safer yep. to just, okay, I'm just going to hide a little bit. If people don't ask too many questions, then it's okay, you know, because it's confusing for me too. So even down to my name, I was sharing with someone yesterday, like even with my name, just growing up and having such a, a unique name for me. Yes. As I've gotten older, I've met many Chandas. I met many Lashandas, you know, yep. not many, but I've heard of those names. But for me growing up, it was very unique. And um, and then my middle name made me very self-conscious because it's Filipino. Yes. And it's 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 Lashanda Cabantal, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> so it I was in school in Virginia that that could create that that create some looks yes. <laughs> when that when that substitute reads through it. Oh, you're like, how do you say your name? What's your middle name? And everyone's all excited. You know, yes, of course. This is my middle name. What's your middle name? And I'm like, oh, I want to hide. I don't want to tell you what my middle name is. But now I'm like, it's cool. It's so yes, different. Yes, but then, yes. oh my goodness, you really wanted to hide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate, my wife can relate and I can relate through her. Her name is Bird Alone. Her mom was a hippie. So like Bird by itself, Bird Alone. And, uh, but for a while in middle school, she went by Loretta. She she was like, I'm just gonna go by Loretta and uh, we're just not gonna deal with it. But as she's grown older, you know, she never, you know, my name is Kevin. So you meet tons of Kevins. We never, we never, you know, and it's funny because like we go to, Spanish speak any place we go where it's like a different culture they're like oh we love your name right they yeah. understand and they you know in Mexico it's, it's fascinating and we Mexicanos we love us some Kevin like <laughs> yes 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 it's really fun. that's what I've discovered that's what I've discovered <laughs> you Kevin have, you're getting mad love that's it, that's I have it. Never, I've never met a Kevin that I didn't like Oh, there we go. There oh, we go. There oh, we go. Every, every Kevin, I've, now, now I, there's a favorite. Uh, oh, there, yeah, there better uh, be. Kevin Hart, of course. He's, uh, <laughs> no, actually, my never, my neighbor, whose name, no. Oh, oh stop, stop. <laughs> now, now you're in trouble. You met him, right? That's right. That's right. Never met a Kevin I didn't like. These are things that we can do on the podcast. So, Lashonda, I'm, I'm the type of teacher who often fantasizes about, like, 
different types of teaching gigs, right? You know, because mm -hmm. like I think about like, what would it be like to teach in the prison, right? My wife is, she hates that idea. <laughs> but like, how do you become like a Dodeja do teacher? How do you, how, what is this, what, what does it entail? What kids are you working with? What does it look like in your position as a teacher and, 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 and what does it mean? Because, you know, we all have our imaginations of what it means. There was a movie with Danny DeVito, right? Where he was a teacher in the <laughs> army. Do you guys remember this movie? I don't know, yes. I have to look it up. Well, there was a movie. We gotta do these but student I, movie reviews. How did yes. he not come up on um, the top like movie? <laughs> I know. I think it's called like cadet something. Something like that. Something like that. Oh my goodness. Okay. It's so funny you bring that movie up because my, um, what moderating teacher, I forgot what it's called. So the teacher that I did my student teaching with, she, I believe she was in that movie. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny. In, in, yeah. When I did my student teaching in Okinawa, Japan. Okay. So Thinking about trying to like casually, casually says, yeah, I did my student teaching in Okinawa, Japan. <laughs> yeah, Okinawa, yes. Japan, and that that's what I meant by be... like cool teaching gigs. <laughs> cool teaching gigs. And my um teacher, the teacher I did my student teaching with happened to be in that movie that you mentioned. You know, she was yes. she was in the army. Is it Renaissance Man? No. Is that what it is? That is that I don't think it's Renaissance Man. It's uh, Danny DeVito, Gregory Hines. Wait, yes, 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 yes. Stacy Dash. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yes, that's it. It is that's Renaissance it. Man. That's it, that's it. I'm thinking of a different movie, yes. This is his Cadets about Shakespeare. That's, I remember. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. okay. Yes. sorry. This, I believe she was in that movie. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I believe she was in that movie. I'm gonna have to double check again. But um, I enjoyed that movie and I don't even remember movies often. Yeah. I'm like, what? I don't know what you're talking about, but that one was really good. Yeah. So, so Okinawa. Is, is that where yes. you were? Yes. Yeah. Say that again, Gerardo. Sorry, is that where you were going with uh, kind of question? Oh, well, because my the teacher that who I did my student teaching with, she I did it in Okinawa with her there, oh Victoria. So any, I want to paint this picture so you can kind of see. Yeah. So imagine, you know, all of those um, students who are in Danny DeVito's class, you know, they end up all having families. Yes. And there are different missions all over the world that will, where we go and we're either ambassadors or sometimes there are conflicts. Yes. So we send military people and what we can, we send military families. So imagine all of those students having a family and they're going to these different countries to support the American mission, the US mission, the US military mission. And you want to make sure one of the things is that you know, when you have your family with you, yeah. you can perform and you can do the mission because you know your family's safe, they're there, you can touch base with them. That's yep. one of the many yep. reasons why we have schools on military bases. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that our US military is supported and that their children are taken care of so that our US service members can do what they need to do. So we have students from all over the world and we have students who sometimes single military service members go to go and they meet their significant others. Mm -hmm. And we end up having lots of children who are multiracial mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. So like whenever I taught in Spain for so many years, 
many of our students were Spanish and American and however you want to cut it American you know when in Okinawa Japan you have Japanese and American or you might have Filipinos and American you might have Chamorro and American because you have Pacific Islanders and those from the Pacific who are mingling with Mm -hmm. military service members and it's like that all over like same within Europe in Germany you're going to have European and American so people start blending and then you have these student bodies that are mixed now majority of course are still white and mm-hmm. a lot of community it just depends the demographics of the the branch of service yes and it also depends on the mission of the military in that location you might find more black students yes you might find more white students if you might it just depends on the ranks too mm-hmm. there's that's certain what I was bases ask. that's what i was yes. gonna ask yes there are certain bases where maybe a lot of a lot of service members are deploying from that area. It could be army, and maybe for those deployments, they're taking a lot of enlisted service members. Sometimes in those communities, they might be majority of black or ethnic students who happen mm-hmm. to be. It just depends, you yep, know. It depends yep, what the yep, mission yep, is, yep, yep. the rank, what's happening at that base, and what who are they supporting as they're sending different people out? So it's just, it could be anything. It can, it just depends on where you are. Like for what I heard here about this community, that there are a lot of higher ranking officers here. So you have some very different, different demographics and students, but then we also have the local community so ah. we then have Bahrainis here and we have a boarding school. So you oh, wow. have, yeah, you have people from Aramco in Saudi Arabia and there's an American school here that has high school. So they're going to send their kids to our boarding school here wow. to get an American education. Fascinating. Fascinating. So it really is very, even though like it might seem like it could be not a very diverse community educationally, oh, sometimes wow. it can be really diverse given where you are, what the mission is, like you said. Um, so the student body in particular. Yes, the student body, student yes. body. But, um, I, you know, it makes me wonder too, you know, and, and you're in Bahrain right now, right? Yes. And so like, and, and we're, me and Gerardo are social studies teachers, you know, and um, I know you're a math teacher, but how do you approach like, like tough, do tough topics come up? Like, do your students have questions about like what's going on situations? Like what, 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 like, are there any like constraints on what you can teach or are you free to kind of teach what you want? Can you be the uh, Renaissance woman, let's say, but uh, can, can you teach whatever you want? Or are there constraints? <laughs> if, if, if kids start asking certain questions, does someone come in and they're like, ah, let's shut this <laughs> down right now. You know, Look, this is being recorded, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, uh... you know, we we so. welcome a mutual friend. Uh, so. We have us edit some stuff out. So if if yes, <laughs> we we've learned how to edit. So if, if we need to, just let us know. I'll let you know. Let us know. Exactly. Okay. So <laughs> yes, yes. We do like we use the we call them the college and career readiness standards. We use yeah. common core yeah. for math, language arts, 
And then we use the next generation standards. I could be butchering that for science. And so we do have to follow the curriculums and the standards. So we follow the curriculums that we have and we have to follow the standards we've adopted. And it's honestly like any other American school where we have to follow these things. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Yep, because we're we're, uh, an American school. We happen to be the only one run by the Department of Defense. So... Um, we have to follow these things, but I tend to break the rules. So (laughs) I tend to break the rules and, and, and when it comes to mathematics in particular, I'm not going to say that I know all the pedagogy for elementary school mathematics, but I have a deep understanding of how students learn and this is all based off of being a coach for six years. Yes. I have a master's degree in mathematics teaching. So I have, I can afford to, for me, break the rules. I don't know if anyone higher above would agree. So I don't advertise that so much that I, I break the rules on a regular basis. Uh, (laughs) But you have the deep understanding where it's, there's a question of, okay, break, breaking the rules versus, serving kids knowing how they learn yes and there 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 will be a lot of people who would not agree with me and agree with what i'm doing but for me it's what's best for kids it's what's best for learning and i will i will fight for that they if they can't see themselves in the learning like try to come in and tell my students these are second graders who are able to do these things. Yes. So try to tell me that they aren't learning and at the same time being advocates and at the same time having compassion and empathy for each other. And then on top of that, the math and the level of math that they're doing, (laughs) like, I just, I just beg to differ. So (laughs) I will, I will fight. Question. (laughs) There's a reason why you, you, you're the Dodeha teacher of the year. Right, an H in there where there isn't one. I think it's. I, I think I might, you are I Kevin. <laughs> I might be. That's I right. do that. I, I told y'all I'm from Georgia. I love it. Look. Now here's the question, Lashawn: Is is your principal like a civilian, or is your principal like a ranking officer? Mm. Oh, great question. Okay, so there aren't any military, like the military particular do not run our school. Okay. Yes. So that we're all civilians, but my husband, who's also an educator, and we actually work in the same school here in Bahrain, which is very interesting. (laughs) Um, And actually, my children both work in the same complex, but... (laughs) It's very interesting. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a whole teaching family. I can relate. Three out of four of my family are at my school. So I, isn't that I, I amazing? Get, I get where you're at. I get where I you're at. I love that. <laughs> but my husband is a reservist. So oh. we have those things. They don't, okay. he doesn't like run the school, but he has his own military gig outside of our school. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's look, Kevin's like, yeah. Like, what in the world? Yes, no. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I told you, like I said, my dream is like, I, I'm, I'm going to either be a Dodea, Dodea. <laughs> teacher or I'm going to be working in the prisons. I'm a, I'm, I want to do one of these unique teaching jobs Come that's, on. where it's less traditional. 
You know, yes. I don't know. Maybe or yeah, one gig. of those semester at seas. Mm-hmm. That's what you know. Remember <laughs> that, that is they, true. They college at sea. Dude. But oh. have you been on a have you been on a boat? Um, not um, not for an extended amount of time. Okay, yeah, the last thirty years, right? <laughs> Whatever extended amount of time. Whatever Corona is better, go on a cruise. Make sure you like big See on a boat. See if I can first. handle that first. Yeah, good point. Thank you. Appreciate it. Because when those waves come, you got to teach. It. You know, that's it. Oh. <laughs> I got to lay down. I got to lay down. I took a boat trip when we went for a wedding, and that was like four hours. I wanted to die. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm not having fun. Not having fun. And we love, we love. I like going on a cruise. You know, it's like a one, one stop shop. But when those waves hit, and you're like, someone bring me ginger ale and an apple. Like you don't want to teach. You know. Yes. Yeah. No. But I get that. you could get used to it. So Kevin, I believe in you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He's a resilient person. I think he could definitely. I'll put up with it. I, I'll deal with it until we get I mean, there. there's, there's just having a good time. Serious question: What would happen to the podcast if you're on a boat somewhere? Like, so we do we yeah. do podcast on the boat. Well, You'd be with me. I'm just gonna need you to run things by me. Like, you can't just come out here being like, "Oh, we're teaching another country," because we have to, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, we're working right now. We, we're international See? right now. Look at that. We have we'll a, have to get you one of those satellite pucks. <laughs> yes, yes. We have Look, a, he could be in the middle of somewhere. In the middle of nothing. the forest. You, we, he'll be on his sat phone calling you, What are Kevin. you doing? <laughs> Record a podcast? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> no, it's really interesting because I think, you know, uh, Lashonda, in, in one of our initial conversations, I, I remember just learning so much about how, <clears throat> the, how these worlds make so much sense when you're living in them. Um, and so you're a pretty matter of fact, it's like, well, this is just, this is a world I know. And uh, this is kind of where I've, I've come up and it all makes sense. And I was, it was just a mind blowing experience to me that someone could be living differently to me. Um, but, um, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> well, What's that all about? Um, like double take. So you, teach, you teach second grade. Is that what you said? Yes, I teach second grade and um, it's amazing what you can get students to do, but oh my goodness, check this out. So this year, for the first time ever, I had the opportunity to teach high school because I'm, my, I was, I'm a flexible teacher this year because numbers, corona, students doing virtual, and then yep. with this whole teacher of the year thing, um, I went on, I'm on sabbatical, so I ended up back in second grade. I kind of knew I would be, but I had an opportunity to teach high school geometry and I had not touched geometry since I was in high school. (laughs) (laughs) So the first semester I taught high school geometry, but you know what? I had the best time too, even with them and just seeing how powerful high schoolers are. Yes, Man, if I had some more time in there, Cause I would have done the same, the same way that I, what I do with elementary students, I would have done it with them just on a whole different level. And we could have gotten so much deeper and I just would have dug deeper into their lives and into their stories. And it would have, it would have been amazing, but it was one quarter and I had to learn, yeah. teach myself geometry yeah. as you every were going, day. As you were going, we know that. <laughs> That, that lesson by lesson, you're like, I learned oh a lot God. last night too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've had those classes where I'm like literally a day ahead of the students in life. Yep. Yes. Yep. And it's like, oh my hey, gosh. 
and I'm going to teach it to you like, like I know it. Um, but exactly. <laughs> so just to kind of give another version of a question Kevin asked earlier, um, what were the high schoolers, like, what are the high schoolers in your school or in your program, in your area, what are they thinking about? What are they talking about? What are they curious about? What, what preoccupies them? Um, are there things that are culturally really specific? Are teenagers just teenagers? A little bit of both? Teenagers are just teenagers. And this might be a little blunt and people might get offended by this, but this is how I saw teenagers. <laughs> they, they like to lie and manipulate. And you know what? <laughs> I love them any yeah oh. it is and and I love them like and I'm just looking and it was really interesting the reason why I say that is because <laughs> you could see these things that their parents taught them how to be respectful but they would kind of use it to manipulate you yes so there was one kid one time um and I was you know teaching a virtual class and he's like um Miss Garrison and I'm like yes so and so and he said um I'm sorry I wasn't able to do that homework I'm like, you know, it's it's okay, you know, try to get it done by this date. And he's like, by the way, you have such a nice voice. And I'm like, <laughs> please, like seriously. And in my mind, I'm yes. like, you're trying to work me over, you know? And I'm like, oh, well, thank you. You have a really nice voice, Miss Garrison. Miss <laughs> Garrison. <laughs> I think I've had a student go that far. Have have you, Kev? <laughs> Like oh you you have them go far like when they when they try to get what they need they they're like oh they will, they will. that lesson was great that you're like really the one where everybody was asleep yeah. even you they're like yeah it was something it was. that drives my daughter nuts about the school that she goes to because it's a lot yes. of high achievers it's that kind of like that cult of achievement and everyone's really competitive and um, and I remember so virtual school has just been really entertaining for me to watch my kid in school because shocker she's a lot like her dad and um, <laughs> so she's in class with her mic off and her camera off and uh, and I hear these little voices thanking the teacher oh thank you Mr so and so thank you Mr so and so thank you Mr so and so and my kid's like he didn't even do anything seriously <laughs> like seriously but it's that same kind of thing. It's like you, you're handing. It is. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Munoz. <laughs> you, you didn't uh, just because you were taught to say thank you, like don't try to work me over for your grade, you yeah, know? No, like it's just, great. and I would just chuckle. That's. Amazing. I would just crack up, like you're straight manipulative, but that's okay. I see. I mean, you. it's, it's <laughs> really fascinating. Because, you know, in, in high school, high school is my jam. It's like I like my favorite grade level. To, grade levels to teach are ninth and tenth grade because mm. they're. So weird and, like, and it's, <laughs> you know are. they're hard to read and so you have to they are. the same kid that's giving you this dour look is also telling everybody how that's my favorite class i love that class I can't wait i'm learning so much and, isn't that amazing oh it's amazing yes and they're 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 sort of realizing that they have power but they're not very good they are no <laughs> so it's like so you're watching them fumble and it's, it's hilarious like, it's like I when luke it. skywalker first gets the lights you're like i, I don't like, know what to do i i, I got this thing i don't 
don't yes. know. Thinking about like a young, you know, a young, uh, you know, Tony Parker back back in the day on the San Antonio Spurs, like chasing Jason Kidd around and just like trying to figure it out and just tripping over his feet and hella confused. All floppy and parts don't know what they're doing. And you know, as they're learning to exert this like authority that they have, I love watching it. And what I found even with them, you give them the space to be who they are and share who they are, they'll tell you. I had students afterwards, they used to come to my classroom like Ms. Garrison, please tell me about this teacher. Like (laughs) you give them the space, they'll tell you, they just wanna be heard. They're people. They are people. They're people. You have little people, you have big people, but everyone wants to be treated like a human being. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So the Shonda, um, real quick, just thinking about um, what you just said about um, you taught the high schoolers like you teach your second graders. Can you just take us through real quick your philosophy on how you teach or or what does that look like to be a student in Miss Garrison's class? What's the experience? What's the thing that you want your kids coming away with? (laughs) And that that feeling, you know, where you're like, all right, I'm doing my thing. That's my thing. (laughs) yes gosh that's such a loaded question okay so (laughs) kevin you and these loaded questions i'm joking um what are we experiencing yes (laughs) i'm hoping that you are going to see lots of collaboration yes you will see and i and i was working hard trying to figure this out with all this covid y'all i was really like how do you do go and like trying to get as close as possible without yes. being close yes um and as far as like following the rules you know because I, I can tend to break the rules but mm-hmm. um not with covid but yeah. um <laughs> Very i'm hoping that you will see as many students collaborating as possible i hope that you will see students making mistakes Mm. and building each other up because my biggest thing is if I can give students the language that was one of the things that I found if I can give them the language on how to collaborate and communicate their needs it just made it so much more powerful and then giving them the space to do that also giving students and I'm going to talk about math in particular giving students tasks that are worth their time Mm. in doing and what I found with that is you incorporate their lives and their stories within it so there will be a lot you will see me kneeling down kind of close really attentive and listening to my students and picking up nuggets because I'm like okay that's going to be a math problem tomorrow okay Mm -hmm. Um, with what I'm teaching now it's going to be a math problem next week and I'm holding on to all of these stories, I'm holding on to, oh, Miss Garrison, I really like this, or Miss Garrison, I like Dr. Pepper, like even with high school. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna create a problem. I'm gonna weave that in here somehow yeah. so that students can be seen. So creating tasks that are worth their time and that are respectful and that weave mm. their stories into it because we have a tendency, especially with students who are diverse because of different reasons to not humanize them And I said that in my article too, if someone has a behavior issue and they're causing a lot of ruckus, it's easy for students know, young students know like, I'm gonna ignore that child, we're gonna stay away and they're not human to me. Yep, 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 yep. 
So how can I help humanize, help my students? I don't want to do it. I, I need them to human, be able to humanize another That's child right. That's right. as much as possible. And one of the things that I'm bringing in too, just with my trauma-informed resilient focus background is having my students be able to be emotionally aware, be have tools to emotionally regulate, and then express those emotions so that they, when they have those moments or they have those hardships of learning because it's rigorous, they have the tools to check in, self-scan, and keep it moving because we have a lot of things to teach. It's not even a lot because I like to go deep, but I can't go deep if you're not emotionally safe. Yep. and you don't have the means to settle your body. So if I, we want rigorous instruction, we want high academic press, but if a child is not emotionally well at that moment, how can we do that? That's a great point. That's a really, that's a really, that, that brilliant point, brilliant point. And we're gonna so that's yep. one of the, that's, Part of what you will see. see. I'm trying to paint this picture, but yeah. that's yeah. powerful stuff, though, in Miss Garrison's class, very, though. Very different from uh, my second grade class. So uh, this is <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, mine. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, sit down, be quiet, do 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 a little math. Literally, okay. kids in my second grade class. So that was it. Was definitely not that. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we will talk to Lashonda Garrison, Dodea. Uh, 2021 Teacher of the Year about this connection between trauma-informed practice, social-emotional learning, and rigorous math. Super interesting stuff. Stick with us. We'll be right back. We are deeply grateful for all your support these last few years, your engagement on social media, your downloads, and your enthusiasm have kept us going since we started this Too Dope adventure nearly five years ago. Right, Kev? Yes. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your ongoing support of the content that remixes the conversation about race, power, and education. We have big hopes and dreams that you have inspired and with your support, those dreams begin to take shape in reality. In the coming weeks, you will learn about projects that we can now go forward with because you stepped up. Yeah, we're so happy. Of course, we still have numerous projects filed away that are awaiting your support. You can support these projects by visiting patreon.com slash 2DopeTeachers. Patrons who join at the 2Dope level get a 2Dope Nation sticker. And what's better than stickers? Um, it's designed by local uh, artist Sham. And for a limited time, limited time, the next five 2Dope patrons will get a copy of Cornelius Miner's book, We Got This. What? What a deal. Hey, that is, and it's signed. And That's it's signed. right, and it's signed. Patrons will enjoy special access to us in the form of Ask Me Anything threads, throwback old episodes, occasional Zoom meetings, and sneak previews to upcoming work and public appearances. Our upcoming podcast series, The Exit Interview, featuring the brilliant Asian Lions, which highlights the stories of black teachers 
who were forced out of teaching is only possible because of our patrons. Right, and I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so dope. So we asked and you responded. We look forward to growing and learning with you. Let's remix this conversation on race, power, and education. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Gerardo Munoz, Kevin Adams here. We are chopping it up with LaShonda Garrison, the Dodea Teacher of the Year for the year. Dodea! Dodea! <laughs> um, so when we, when we took our break, um, you were starting to talk a little bit about what life is like in Ms. Garrison's classroom, that there's collaboration, there's problem solving, mistakes are encouraged and supported as students kind of go through this. Um, you had a piece that was recently published on the Black Women Rock Math blog. Um, yes. yes. Um, and you talk a little bit, and the story's amazing. We'll link it um, on our website. Um, and through, oh, thank you. With this because it's just a really great read, but it's called The Power of Stories. And I think folks might be a little surprised to see the word stories and math instruction in the same building. <laughs> right. so yes. You were talking a little bit about kind of, you've got this instructional approach around stories and um, mm -hmm. I'd love it if you would share the story of where that came from and how that's developed into this uh, very uh, LaShonda Garrison kind of approach to teaching math. Oh my goodness, I had no idea this is where it would take me. And um, it's just been so interesting. So a few years ago, I attended, actually, I'm gonna go back a little bit. Whenever I was working on my master's degree in mathematics teaching, we had to do these action research projects around student thinking. And as I finished that program, I'm like, man, action research is the bomb. Yeah. Because you take a problem of practice that you notice. Yes. Right. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to delve into this and try to get some answers. Mm. So one of the things that I discovered, because I kept wondering like why I'm teaching this, I'm thinking this lesson is t going well. And then I will see this student the following year because I'm a coach and it didn't stick. And mm -hmm. it like bugged me like, oh, like, I, this lesson was good last yep, year. Yep, like yep, I can yep. tell you where, <laughs> like it like, was you amazing. Got it. You, you knew it. You knew it. Was, yes. You learned. Man. It was, it was, it was amazing. amazing. Yes. And now you don't know. So, <laughs> and I'm like standing there listening to this child. And this is a, considered a, to be a bright child and have people yep. label students. Yep. And I'm like, what in the world? I can tell you where I was standing when we taught this. So. Yeah. Um, it, so another thing that's very passionate for me is like making learning stick, you know, metacognition, the brain, love it. So for me, all this stuff goes together. Okay. So I started learning about metacognitive practices, retrieval practices, and started delving in with that with part of my action research. Mm -hmm. So when I graduated from that program, I'm like, this is something I'm going to do every year. I'm going to do an action research project at the during the summer, I'm gonna decide what my topic is going to be about based off of what I've noticed about student thinking and learning. So I, 
I ended up going to a teach to lead conference and they had a storyteller there. Mm, yes. And they, he had us like, how do you use your story to like do these pitches for being change agents? Mm -hmm. So we had to give a story, like a quick story of ourselves. And I ended up writing the story about how the people at the table believed in me. And that's how I ended up being there. Mm -hmm. And they ended up like crying yes. because of this story. Wow. And I was like, whoa, this is huge. At that moment, I was like, storytelling and mathematics, da, 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 da. Yes. how students can discover their identity. And I, my mind just like blew. So my notebook, I, I think like having, where I have that story. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> I sat there and all of like my mind was going off like fireworks. Neo in the matrix. You were seeing the ones and zeros. I was like, you know, on the walls doing karate, all kinds yes, of things. Yes. Slowed down. And I slowed down. <laughs> yes. Love it. So, but here's the thing is I didn't know what that would look like. Mm. I just knew. I'm going to use this yes. to support my students and help them like discover who they are. And I'm going to do it through mathematics. So I have a couple of cousins and I have an aunt. I found that they were doing the storytelling. Did you guys know you can get a degree in storytelling? Yes, I've heard that. Yes, oh I, I have heard that. What? You... I have tried. I am waiting for the school to go full online. I have contacted them, wrote them for years. <laughs> I need to get this certification yes, in storytelling. Yes. So my aunt or my husband's aunt, she got this degree in storytelling and yes. she's like sharing all of this stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, salivating. I don't get jealous, yep, but yep. I got jealous. Yeah. Because I'm like, I want to be a storyteller. I'm, I'm jealous. I don't even know her. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh. Man, I want to do that. And then a cousin of ours, she they're using storytelling therapy in the hospitals wow. to help people recover. So they're sharing with me. I'm like reaching out to them like, look, I, I need to know more about this. How can I do this? You know, they try to give me as much information as I can. And I just started dabbling. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. This is my action research project for this year. I don't know what's going to happen. And then I had a mom come in and we were learning about butterflies. And she said, oh, I have a picture of my daughter. We were in Japan. Mm -hmm. we, we went to a butterfly farm. Yes. And she was like, can I send you that picture? And I'm like, yeah, send me that picture. And this is how it all took off. Hmm. She sent me this picture and I used the image to show her story. And to share her culture. But also at that time, though, when I met with that teacher, that that parent, I created a family and tradition, a family tradition and culture questionnaire. Yes. For my family. So I'm like, OK, maybe I, I'll get stories this way yeah. by bridging my families. I have to pull them into it. Yeah. They all fill that out, this questionnaire. But because I'm trying to like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Right. It's just unfolding right in front of me. So I'm like, okay, I'll do this questionnaire, see if I can get some information here. But that picture though, she sent that picture and it's this beautiful picture of my student. And she's in Japan, she's Japanese and she's like holding this butterfly. Yes. So I build this lesson 
and it's the first one and it's there's this picture the students are sitting on the floor they have no idea what I'm about to teach and I'm like okay y'all check this out and their faces just like drop and they because they had no idea she didn't even have any idea yes they all look at me and they're like oh it's so-and-so, it's so-and-so. Oh my goodness, it's so-and-so. Look at that. Da, 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 da. They're so excited. And then they're like, how did you do this? Like it was magic. <laughs> so then I start weaving in, you know, our, some really strong math practices. I said, okay, what do you notice? And they're going nuts. Yeah. And the 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 deal with the notice and wonder routine, it was developed by I believe I believe Annie Fetter developed it. It is a low floor, high ceiling practice. Absolutely, it can yield so much. Yes, and anyone can access it, right? And everyone's there is no right or wrong answer. Yep. Yep. So no matter where you're at as a person, no matter where you're at math mathematically, that's it's right. Equitable. It's linguistically equitable. that's why i love yes. linguistically any it's oh. accessible and let me tell you with that image with my with esl students yep the image there there are no words so here's this math problem there are no words there's nothing there yep. except for this image so when i do what do you notice what do you wonder students are able to access the task and be a part of it right then and there they can be there with that child. It's like standing beside that child. So then here's another part of it. That child becomes a subject matter expert. Yes. It's not my story. It's their story. It's her story. That's right. So then, so they're noticing and I'm, I have the child. She doesn't share anything yet because she'll share at the end. I noticed the butterfly. I noticed that, um, you know, so-and-so we'll call her. Um, well, I, I'm trying to think what I'll call her. We'll just say she, because uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I don't want to be offensive. So, you know, you have to be yep, careful yep, nowadays. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so uh, she, you know, she's just sitting there because she has all the answers. Okay. Right. But right. at the same time, she's shy, but she is beaming with pride. I promise you, I can remember her face and she's like, oh my goodness. Like, oh my gosh. And so it's like, what do you wonder? And then they're like, I wonder this, I wonder that. There's no math, there are no words. That's it. They're immersed, they're engaged. Yep. Yep. So then the next part is I reveal a part of the context. Sometimes I'll I'll make it up because the child may not know, Mm -hmm. but I have enough information from the families, okay? So-and-so went to a butterfly farm in Japan boom that's just it yeah to try to give them a little bit of context i don't want them to be bogged down by the words yep okay and then you know what do you guys think they'll start partnering together what do you think happened next Hmm. what do you think could have happened look at the picture they're just like engaged making up stuff talking about things and then i'll pose a problem so-and-so caught this many butterflies, but her brother caught this many butterflies. Stop right there. What do you yep. guys think about this? Yep. Where do you think we're going with this? And then I'll put a spin on it. Like so-and-so use this math strategy that, we're, that they're just learning. So I'll yep. use it to introduce the strategy and I'll have an image of the strategy. Do you agree with her? Ooh. Yes or no? 
it's not even a right or wrong. It's not even, she got 75, what do you think? It's, she got 75. Usually the answer sometimes will be wrong. Do you agree with her? That's right. That's right. So it's not like so-and-so had 56, so-and-so had whatever. What, What did she get? No, I'll give you the answer. Yeah. But is it correct? And do you agree with what? And then you have to justify your reasoning. That's so right. then at that time, I'm, they're talking, they're engaging. I'm having them now talk to each other. What's the best strategy? What are the best tools you're going to use to solve this? That's another entry point. Uh, one child might use counters, but another child might use a wreck and wreck. Another child might use a more sophisticated strategy, but they're all working on the same problem. That's right. So it's totally culturally responsive because we're pulling in the stories of the child. Of the kids. We, the, it totally works for students who have a different first language yes. or multiple languages because they're not bogged down by the words. It's nope. the image. The, it's totally accessible. It's equitable for all children and it's rigorous. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, it they're, hits everything. Yeah, they're they're like keyed in, and they're yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, no, it's funny as you were going through it, Lashonda and Gerardo knows this. I'm I'm a uh, a a uh, teacher coach, right? And so like I do evaluations and, and just go in and watch teachers. But like everything you described, I'm like that's hitting on everything. But it's not, you know, like it's not the way that I think that the people who design the um, the learning indicators that we use uh, or the uh, um, evaluative indicators for teachers, I don't think they envision it that way, but what you're describing, it's like, when you say it is, it's student-centered, right? It's putting mm-hmm. students' culture, it's using their experiences. I love this idea, allowing the kids to be a subject matter expert. Whenever I see kids shine, it's, and I was telling this my students a story about my own life where I was a subject matter expert and it ended up getting me kicked out of the classroom because I was like, I knew where I was headed. I was like, I know where this story yes, is going. I know where this is going. Know. I, I know, I know. And then, <laughs> and my teacher was like, no, no, it has to unfold the way I want it to unfold. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. That's like all, but, but it's really cool, you know, and then the rigor of it all and how it builds naturally and the critiquing of each other, the thinking, you know, it's like, is this the best strategy? What could be the best strategy? And then what I hear is that open-ended learning, right? That it's really about exploration, which I think is so powerful in math. This is what's so interesting too, is that I've done the notice and wonder type approach in my history classes, Yep. but I've not developed it to this degree, to this extent. And Mm -hmm. as like, so I'm- Take an image. Yeah, no, my my mind is being blown right now. Yeah, yes. there's no limit to what you can do with it. And, and, and loving this idea of, of the high floor, you know, the, there's a high floor. There's only so bad that it can go, right? You're literally just having students name things yes. and try to understand. Right. And, um, and, and it occurred to me that this is actually how we start doing history. This is how we study history. It's like, hey, I found a thing. What is this thing? What do I notice about this thing? Mm-hmm. What questions do I have about this thing? And then you start kind of building understanding now. I'm this is this is this is incredible. And to see this uh, applied in mathematics strikes me. So I had an incredible math teacher uh, my senior year um, who came from an Eastern tradition, and that was a big difference between yes. mm-hmm. kind of Western white male math teachers. 
um, yes. that I had versus this, <clears throat> this Eastern person who brought this other perspective and who would admonish us all the time. You are too preoccupied with right answers and you are too preoccupied with correct. Huh. You know, he, he was always saying math, math is an adventure. And he said, and we're like seniors. We're like, okay, it's an adventure. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but, but that was the best experience I had in a math class. That is so deep. Um, yes. Uh, and you have to think, you have to create a space too. Like it's nuanced too, yeah. because you, you have to do all the work ahead of time to create the space where students can be like, uh, are they right or wrong versus, yep. Yep. and that took me a lot. Like I was really having to work through that. Are they even answering the question I'm asking right. is the question, I mean, because my question is, do you agree? Yes or no. Yep. Well, the answer is that da, 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 da. go back, yes. do you yep. go back? Yeah. Yep. You know, like go back. You didn't answer the question. What, what I and they're like, what is that? <laughs> That's so great. And this might be so. I'm I'm a I'm a my favorite league to watch ever is the NBA. I love the NBA and the WNBA. These are my favorite leagues to watch. And so what I keep thinking about is um, the best player in National Basketball Association, the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, who has these fundamentals, these techniques, these skills, and this this vision, but he can also adjust. Uh, to what's going mm -hmm. on send the double team oh okay i know i i have a way to address that oh you're gonna single team me okay you're gonna put a big guy on me you can put a little guy on me like you know these kinds of adjustments that happen but but you know the thing that i and i've served in a in a coaching capacity as well and the thing that i is so critical is that it is that really um that expert approach where you have the content knowledge for days right but then yeah. also the ability to interact in real time and be able to both guide and be guided by the process the students oh, yes yep yes, yep. yes. And, and it's it's beautiful because i had students who were like miss garrison when are we learning another strategy <laughs> when 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 are we doing this when are we doing that you know like i said in the article like um, can we learn this? Can we, when are we going to learn the next one? And I taught, I ended up that whole year introducing every new strategy yep. using, I, and this is what I call my task. I call them rich identity tasks. Rich identity tasks. Wow. Wow. That's what I call them. Yep. Instead of a rich test, these are rich identity tasks. And I believe it will work for all content areas because you can use this in social studies. Imagine, and I can even use this in math. Imagine if we're taking historical perspectives. Yes. We start with what you notice and wonder. I can tie it into math and we can write about it later. Like, was this just, was this unjust? You can attach some numbers to it because this is what I've learned about numbers and why numbers are important. Numbers for me, give our words value and meaning and depth. So if you're in social studies and you're trying to really like hit home with a point, yep. you attach a number to it. That's right. So for example, and this is what I, what I do with children. Miss um, Garrison ate some cookies. Did you guys have any sensation about that at all? I mean, no. you know, if, if they were my cookies, Miss Garrison. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm like, you do. 
if I, yeah, but if I'm like, hey guys, I eat cookies, my tummy hurts. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna be like, oh, you ate a lot of cookies. You ate a lot of cookies. How many now, cookies you eat? So it's so funny. Like I did this with like first and second, third graders. I'm like, oh gosh, guys, Miss Garrison ate some cookies. My stomach hurts. They ignored me. <laughs> but and it was just like crickets. And then I said, oh my goodness, you guys, last night I ate 50 chocolate chip cookies. They were like, miss. <laughs> And you did it, Kevin. And so to Gerardo, you were like, he he was, Gerardo was writing. He went, he looked Wait, up at me. What? 50? The, oh, the most cookies I ever ate was 13. <laughs> 50. I yeah. beat you. They were little. But, the, sweet, so. but the 50 did something to you. It, made, it gave you an emotional response. That's right. You responded to me emotionally. When I said, oh, I eat cookies, I have a bellyache, it was like, okay, all oh, right, whatever. But when I added a number to it, it caused an emotional response. So numbers give our words depth. They give our words more power and meaning. So imagine in a history classroom, mm -hmm. you have this image and you're like, what do you notice and wonder? And then you paint and tell the story, then you attach some numbers to it. Yeah. Yes. And yes. then yeah. you can have them write on it or decide like, why do those numbers matter? Yeah. What yeah. happened here? No, it, it reminds me of like, um, cause I, I do a uh, notice and wonder with the, one of the paintings from the battles of Lexington and Concord where I'm teaching US history to show that difference in the number of troops right and then when you get into the like the kids notice it right off the bat they're like yeah there's way more dudes in red they're like this is not good yes. they're like this is not good everybody out there is wearing red well, you it, know it some but the numbers but then when you get into the numbers they start to connect and then they realize they're like oh this is why the american revolution becomes a big deal is because they are like completely outnumbered they're facing the strong you know and they, they understand guys, the statistics. Yes. You could go into the guns, the amount of weapons that they had, everything. You know? this is why kids it changes everything. The Battle of Thermopylae, because they know they yep. were, that was the Battle of the 300, right? And, uh, yep, yep. you know, wow, that, that's deep. You, you started to say it changes everything. It changes everything. So imagine if we can, if I can pull in identity, I can pull in culture, we can pull in history, through mathematics, it will change everything. Hmm. Like you said, they can see it was outnumbered. Imagine, and, and then imagine the history of our marginalized children. Imagine the history and, and imagine the things we can pull in and really get to the emotion of it. And then if you have the, then if you have the trauma-informed background, because you have to be careful too, Yep. You have to be careful with stories because stories yep. are powerful. They can be triggering. But they, they can be triggering. You have to be aware of that because you open up a can of worms. You need to be able to, your students and yourself as an educator, you need to have the tools to help students be able to settle in that space too. So at the same time, I'm, I'm putting caution to it because you can get people who are going to, oh, I'm anti-racist. I'm going to throw this image up. We're going to notice and wonder. And I'm a great teacher mm -hmm. and it causes damage. Like, think, have you guys, oh my word. Did you see that video that came out with the kindergarten teacher? And 
she's talking about slavery and she's attaching these yoga things to it. Mm. So at first I'm like, what in the world? And then I started thinking and having compassion because I'm like, this teacher probably thought she was woke and anti-racist and culturally responsive. She gave herself, I'm assuming, I don't know. I'm just thinking. We start giving ourselves these labels I'm trauma-informed, I'm culturally responsive, I'm da-da-da-da, and it's, you have no idea what you're doing. That's right. Nope. Yep. So you, that's one of my concerns, is I can attach these labels to myself, and I was talking to someone yesterday, but what are you doing exactly? There's a lot, there's thought that has to go into this, and you have to think, how will my students respond to this? because you can harm people with stories yeah, too. What happens when it goes sideways? Are you right. prepared? Have you thought ahead about ways that this can go sideways and the damage that can do? Yes. Yeah. You and you have to have the space for it, you know. So my students thr- thrived in that. But also stories have to be earned mm-hmm. to be shared. Stories have to be respected and honored stories are not a a tool to use to abuse and harm. And that's what I was talking about in my article. I'm not going to use this story to harm you. This story is going to be to elevate you and to, and for people to humanize each other and empathize with each other and learn about other cultures and other things, but you have to be careful stories. You don't deserve to hear my story. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that point. You don't deserve to hear my story. You don't, it's, it's, it's not just yours, um, you're, you're right, but, um, and I think teachers need to remember that, right? That story, yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. The, so, the, the next segment was going to be, <laughs> let's talk about Teacher of the Year. I think it's, I think it's, let's obvious. do it. I think it's obvious why you're a Dodea Teacher of the Year, and, and between you and me, I sort of, I, I had you penciled in as a finalist. I was like, oh, wow. Things that you had said and um, was watching how you, just seeing how you interacted in the limited ways we interacted before induction. And I was like, I think, she, I think, she, I think she's got a chance. So, you know, I, re- I, re- I really saw that. I can attest. He did say it. I, 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 did. I was like, no, seriously. Off I, air, between us, just chat. Yeah, just between yeah. us. This isn't like being. Yeah dropped on a podcast platform or anything for people to hear um but but i think the way i think what you just took us through is like that's why um in, in my view uh oh, thank you there's there there's such complexity <clears throat> and um it's it's airtight <laughs> it's just incredible yeah um yeah i mean thinking a lot about my own practice definitely how i can deepen some things because i'm realizing just hearing you talk about it, as a history teacher i haven't scratched the surface I haven't scratched yeah. of what's possible through this approach that I've been using in a really, you know, sort of in a very diet way, I would say. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about Dodea Teacher of the Year uh, 2021. Yes. So um, Man. talk about that. I don't know. I don't even know where to start with the questions. And I've been asked these me questions. Me neither. <laughs> I know. Look, I'm like, me neither. I mean, I can tell you how, I can tell you why I got here. Yes. And um, honestly, I got here 
because I felt like my voice, I didn't feel seen, heard, or valued Mm -hmm. in where I was at in my school. And, oh, especially this, before we moved to Bahrain, I really struggled in my role and in my job. And it, it was just very disheartening. But now that I look back, you know, it's all part of the highs and lows of my story. Yeah. But um, what I had learned was I felt like I had something of value to contribute. And sometimes that can come across, I think, to other people that you think that you're smarter than other people or that you're better than other people. But that's not my heart ever or my intention. Mm-hmm. I just want to help teachers and students. And I get excited. And when I start processing, I'm like, okay, this is powerful, or this is how I see it. Yes. But I didn't feel like my voice was even valued, I guess. I don't, like, I just didn't feel seen. Yep. And it got really bad. It got to a point where I wasn't even able to do my job. And I felt like I knew what I was doing. And it was really interesting. Um, even thinking about my ratings that year too, before I became teacher of the year, like, you know, like my ratings aren't even that great. Isn't that funny? Yes. No, I felt like, <laughs> I felt like I had, I haven't done my best teaching in a couple of years. And, and this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, you're so I'm funny, like, Arna. I tell, he tells me that he's like, oh, my teaching straight trash, straight garbage. No. I'm like, dude, you, if that's garbage, that was if cool. that's garbage, Can you imagine? let me be like that. No. Like, oh, I see what he's doing. You know, I, I know how, I know how people can be, you know, but that's what you mentioned. Like, the ratings, right? We think about this stuff, but there's yes, just this other powerful I think stuff. there's this other aspect of it where, like, Lashonda, I think kind of what I hear you saying, because you're saying this isn't about being smarter or better or to, to outperform anybody. The only person you're trying to outperform is yourself. That's yes. Right. That's, and so compared to others, maybe it's, it's a huge difference and maybe the ratings tell a, a different story altogether, but... But, but what it sounds like, what drives you is I know what I'm doing versus I know what I could be doing and I know how my mind works. Yeah, and you want to be helpful, right? And so what's really interesting to me is that year in particular, like I went outside of the system because I felt like I couldn't make an impact within my own system and I didn't feel heard so you know with the ratings things what was interesting to me is like that goes back to not being seen and heard and valued Mm -hmm. because how can a teacher who rates in a particular way the next year become a state teacher of the year like it just doesn't line up right? right you don't all of a sudden become this you know okay i'm an i'm an okay teacher all of a sudden this like it doesn't it doesn't match up. But to me, that was part of my story of not being seen and heard. That's right. That's right. I've, you been, know, over, I've been over here doing this. Y'all ain't even notice. Yeah. Yes. And because I didn't feel seen or heard, I had in my mind, this is what I told myself. I'm going to go outside the system and I'm going to make a difference from the outside in. So I started pursuing other things. I started you know, um, talking to mentors who saw value in what I was sharing Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they started opening up spaces for me. Like I had an amazing mentor. He's a director of the Mount Holyoke program. He saw me and he still continues 
to help open up doors and spaces for me. I call it opportunity leadership. Yes. He's in a space now where he can provide opportunities so that other people can lead and have yes. spaces to lead. And so that's my goal now is to be, to use that opportunity leadership, you know, to bring up and pull up others. But I had to go outside and it was like, oh, okay, I presented and did this thing. All right. Oh, did it? Okay. Just don't do this. Don't meet with teachers. Don't do this. Don't meet with teachers in this way. Don't do that. As long as you don't do this. And I became so disheartened. I remember even going like home and just crying. Like, why can't I do my job? Why, how come I'm not, I don't understand. I don't understand what I did. And for me, that is my experience of being a woman of color. Mm -hmm having something of value, but not, it's not received well at Mm. all. And that, that's really my article. So when you read that article, it talks about the storytelling, but it talks about the struggles with leadership. And then when I had these future educators, I'm like, look, be careful when you look, overlook people in your sphere of influence, it's dangerous and it's harming. And the people experience it and it's painful. But at the same time, that that adversity, that adversity, I use that and it lit me on fire. And that's what it does. I go through my highs and lows and I'm like, you know what? That's how I ended up having that mindset. I'll go outside of this. So I was watching other people and observing other people who I respected. And I'm like, okay, teacher of the year. You know what? Maybe if I have some title behind my name, I can do something, I can make a change. So then at the district level, let me tell you guys, I applied for that thing four times. Wow! Wow. I was nominated, I should say, I was nominated and applied four times. Didn't make it even through the district level three times. But now that I even look back at that adversity, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I grew and I learned more every single year through that adversity of being how it felt to me rejected. That fourth year ended up getting that state teacher of the year um, because I, I don't want other people, I want to carve out a space where other people feel uplifted and they feel seen and their stories get to be shared and heard and just to create spaces to help people, especially people who wanna help people. So that that's why I am where I'm at. And I'm still finding even now, even with this title, it's still so hard because it didn't give me what I thought mm. it would, you know? And I know I'm just in the beginning of it yep, and I'm yep, learning, yep, yep. but even now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to go out of that system and figure it, figure out another way. Wow. Still working that way. My issue now is, when do I stop striving? Hmm. When is enough enough? When hmm. is LaShonda Garrison, the Dodea State Teacher of the Year, when is that enough? When it actually, when is just LaShonda Garrison enough? Yes, yes. Ooh, when yeah. is that enough for me to have the credibility to help enact change? Right. So yes. that's something that's on my heart now is just when is it enough? No, it is. I don't know. You go through this process and it, it, sounds, it sounds like 
55 states had um, more rigorous processes than Colorado did. <laughs> Does that surprise you, and, uh, <laughs> like, We're like, dude, do you show up, bro? I was like, <laughs> it was one of those things where i was nominated and my reaction was that's weird and uh so i applied and my wife is like we absolutely apply and i'm like i'm not gonna get it and she's like so just be yourself like you know you'll know that they're real you i'm like okay i'll go in there and be myself and then i was a finalist i'm like well that's weird and uh, <laughs> that's so and, awesome. And like, and even down to the last minute, like when our principal texted me at like six in the morning, asking really? me to make it to a really quick grant meeting with the state. <laughs> about the school so well, I bit on it hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, um, okay, is like, will it go into my first class? Like, I've got a lot of things to do, and I just got. She's like, no, no, it. You know, we we just want you to come and sort of talk a little bit of that. You know that, and she really sold it like that, and and it was when I got it, and now it's like, and now I'm disappointed not to be a finalist, <laughs> uh, right? Um, but it's, it's so interesting because it does this process. You know, you get this platform, but the process also makes you really introspective about like ooh, am i just chasing stuff now like what yes like when 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 am i enough this is this is a lot <laughs> to be thinking about um it, so, it is so i think it's the question that we as teachers are always asking right it's, it's yeah. like and i i don't know if you ever get there to be honest where you're like like i feel like the day i retire i'll be like Damn, that lesson could have been a little bit. I, I could have, if I could just have one more day. Exactly. Kevin's the kind of teacher that will, Kevin's the kind of teacher, he's going to announce his retirement at the beginning of the year like he's going to know. He's going to go through the whole year and then he's going to be like, I ain't going out like that. I know. Not like that. No, Not I, with I, that lesson. I'm going to do one I, more. And the whole year was great. It, it was just that last lesson. That, the last one. <laughs> Last one didn't hit right. You're like a rewind. We're doing this year over again. <laughs> Seriously. Well, but I, mean, I think that's what makes us all passionate, right? That is. That is. It well, makes us all passionate. Because, because the way you the way you discuss your 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 pedagogy and your praxis is like like leave no doubt. I mean it, it's it like it's so strong and so assertive and so just clear. Um, and so it's interesting to hear that other kind of side of it where it's like, when do I get to be enough? Um, it, it's such a powerful statement that, um, yes. there. um, yeah. So, uh, so, but you're here, right? You're teacher of the year. Um, yes. and you get this journey. I had a lot of people believe, I had a lot of people believe in me though. Sorry to interrupt you, Harada, but I had, I had, I've never had people who, aside from my husband who were like, I'm, I'm nominating you every year until you get this. Like yes. they wouldn't stop. Yes. And it got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just need to teach, yes. you know, I can't take all this time to apply for these things anymore. And they were like, no. So then you feel guilty because you want to honor those people who nominate you. But, um, but yes, I'm here. here. I'm here. Yes. Yes. We're all here in this moment. Yep. And you've got this sabbatical. So, so what's that gonna yes. look? I, I thought I got real salty. I thought I was getting a sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want you to have a sabbatical. And I was meeting with my coordinator, and they're like, "Oh no, that would have been if you got national." I'm like, "Wait, what?" But I 
thought I read something in the application. I remember the day he came, he was like, yeah, I'm not going to be on sabbatical. Because I, 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 I like, had already embarrassed oh, myself and gone to the I was, sub- I was celebrating. We all sabbatical. Man. We all sabbatical. Next year. Like, I talked to the whole department about this. Um, Stop it. And I had to roll it back because I, I apparently can't <gasps> application <laughs> like uh never mind oh I, i'm i decided to just chill i'm, oh, I'm, I'm gonna stay around the principal texted me she's like so are you on sabbatical next year i text her back i'm like no i thought i was stop no, oh, I'm, I'm chill. I'm chill. <gasps> what do you mean oh good this is bad <laughs> so anyway this is not about me man no but my heart goes out to all like all of us who are state teachers of the year because it's no joke this the amount of things there's a lot and- there's a lot that you're doing it's a lot and I'm not even in COVID. I mean, I'm not even traveling. I cannot even imagine, Gerardo, if we were traveling too. Yeah. It, I don't know how, you, how, like, teaching and yeah, doing this. Like, so I'm very grateful because yeah. I can't imagine. And you have this amazing podcast. You get to work with Kevin, but that takes I time. With Kevin, that is true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yes. So- this uh, sabbatical what what will you be what have you been working on what are you going to be working on and you know i love the ethos of um bringing people up and and that kind of thing so what kind of stuff is it that you'll be working on during this year gosh so many things i think it could go in many different ways but right now i'm so in my system within my system in particular because you have to submit a sabbatical project so i'm asked i'm asking to be a part of certain spaces that i'm passionate about And then I'm hoping, I recently just became a certified trauma-informed and resilient-focused trainer. So my goal is to bring some awareness to that in there. And especially, like I said, with labels, it's more about the action, you know, the verb that goes with it. What does that look like? How is that equitable? How does that create equitable spaces? And then how it it's needed with military families in particular. I think it's needed everywhere, but um, just the demographics of students that I'm also with every day. Like I I firmly believe that we need that background because when I went back into the classroom full-time, I have to be honest, I didn't feel equipped to provide the needs that my students needed. I didn't have it and and like, Kevin, you know, you think about those lessons where you could have done better, like it breaks my heart thinking about my students coming in and like how powerful drawing could be. Yep. And I used it when I wanted to initiate it. But one of my students who struggled with behavior, I remember removing a paper and a pencil like, oh, yep. this is not yep. drawing yep. time. Yep. Yep. Man. We've all, that stuff. We've all done that stuff. Oh, yes. Yes. It like breaks my heart because if I was trauma informed and I knew what it was like, draw, needed, draw, yep. draw your little heart out. And if you want to share with me later, like we can, like, man, like some of those things break my heart. I just didn't know. I did not know. I wasn't informed. Over, I mean, I, this is so. This is 22 years for me that I've been teaching, and I've had to train myself into the thinking of, I'm better than I was yesterday, but not as good as I'm gonna be tomorrow. Yep. Yes. Yep. Oh, I love that. I need that on a shirt. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> there, you go. there we go. Actually, I need it like tattooed on me, so I won't forget <laughs> it because I forget powerful things. <laughs> and, and I might not be better tomorrow. I might actually be worse tomorrow, but but in the long term, you know, hopefully. There's hope. That audacious hope that we yeah. gotta have it, like Jeffrey Duncan Aldrani says. 
So I'm trying to bring an awareness to that. So I'm hoping even with like our our teacher of the year cohort, um, I want to kind of like introduce my platform, one of my platforms, and just bring some kind of guest speakers around that because there's also controversy with that topic and that label, just like there is with all others. So I kind of want to like create a space, like bring your controversy. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out there and let's, Let's see how this fits and how this looks, because I think labels and titles and one word phrases sound good, but what does that even look like and what does it mean and how does that create equity and access for our students? That's my thing now. What I've... I, I was verbalizing, you know, Kevin, our meeting yesterday was yep, yep. My, my reservation about you know, that, that now that we're all learning the language of anti-racism and learning the language of abolition. Oh, that one concerns me too. That's right, that's right. Words of trauma-informed and social emotional. We, we, we as a profession can say the words and oftentimes we take saying the words to be the same as understanding what they mean. And that's, That's that's a huge concern. Um, you know, and, and I, man, I applaud you for, for opening up that space. I think that, I think that's going to be powerful um, and, and amazing. Yeah. So just bringing that awareness, bringing um, an awareness with those things, trying to find a niche to share my voice. Um, I don't know. I'm like doing these type of things and I feel like I'm busy all hours of the day because the time zone difference, yep. but just, okay. I know. <laughs> just, <laughs> You're all over. You're like, I'm all over. I'm all over. (laughs) And you know what? Because I have that opportunity, Gerardo, and I'm grateful to have the sabbatical. It's it's always pretty much yes. I've rarely said no. I don't even think I've said no to anything right now. So that's kind of like where my sabbatical is. I have to present a project to um, Dodea along with, okay, (laughs) along with. um, That was really weird. Um. (laughs) But you're still there. There you are. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, just, you know, just trying to be open, create my projects, trying to create change within the system with it, with the scope that I'm given. That's challenging too, but I don't know. Well, so we're going to start wrapping up. Um, but man, I feel like, I feel like we could have a whole season dedicated to these ideas that you're giving us. So good. So good. Uh, We do have one last critically important question. Uh, Critical. Kevin, tell me, tell me, I need would this. You, would you like to do the honors, Kevin? This this is probably the most important question All that right, you've been asked ready. in this whole Dodea All right. Teacher of the Year process. Bring but, it on. But, now, but, all comes down to right now. It all comes down. This, <laughs> all this, right. You know, this, this is the future. So, you know, we have a question where we like to ask. This is like our James Lipton question, you know, <laughs> like inside the actor studio. But, 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 uh, but we like to ask, who are your top five? We usually say rappers, top five rappers, MCs, but we also, you know, being being an open-minded podcast, Is we want right to we want to open it up to to artists, performance artists of any <gasps> genre, wherever so it comes excited. from, because we know that people are very diverse in their tastes That's and right. passions. Yeah. But when we say also, uh, <laughs> when we say top five, you know, we we are non-hierarchical. So, okay. so if you, you know, top five could mean, 
you know, top five right this minute. It could be no order. It could be everybody's equal. Yeah. It could be like this a real. Numbers, and as a scholar of numbers, you can define five however you want to. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'd love it. That's right. So there, there could be, you know, three number threes. There could be five number fives. You take it where you want it. You could be a solo artist. You could be, be your ride or dies. Be like this is right now, it might change tomorrow, but this is like right now in this snapshot moment. Whatever. We should really just title this question: What are you thinking about music right now? That's right. I love it. Five things about it, but and you didn't know that thirteen is really five, right? You didn't know yes, that. Yes, exactly. Right. We've heard that. We've heard actually. We've heard that. Heard that? Okay. Another teacher of the year. <laughs> okay, so because I'm an, I love the '90s and yes, '90s yes. music, I'm starting with 1990. Yes. Okay. All right. I, I kind of skip over a couple years because if I had more time, I would have gone through every year and pulled out my favorites. But mm -hmm. 1990, LL Cool J. Ooh. Around the Way Girl. Whoa! Oh, that's a great oh. song. <laughs> I, in my inner being, am an Around the Way Girl. Just the other day, I told a, I told a friend, I said, look, I'm trying to find some bamboo earrings. Earrings, at least two pairs. <laughs> Oh, okay, so this in a bad is... attitude. Yeah, that's all I need to get me in a good mood. That's you know, so up. there we go. So, so I was talking to her because I, I okay, it's known for gold here. Yes. And I went, I was like, I'm gonna get me a pair of bamboo earrings made. So I went to the jewelry store like a month ago and I'm like, hey, how much does it cost to get a, a pair of bamboo earrings made out of gold made? He said a thousand dollars. I said, never mind. I'm about to order my twenty six dollars. <laughs> You're like, all right, thank you, so, thank you, appreciate it. I'm gonna have to be a humble around the way girl. That's all right. That's all right. And have some plated earrings, but my girlfriend says she'll pick me up some from Miami. So we love it. We love it. We love it. I said love I want it. a round pair. I want that, you know, like triangular shape pair. I don't want my name in the middle. I don't <laughs> want my name in the middle. You don't want. You're not taking it that far. <laughs> Okay, so 1991, Tribe Called Quest, Ooh. check the rhyme. That's it. <laughs> That's okay, I'm going to go with 1992. This is one of my favorites. Are y'all ready for this? Oh, Let's go. Sure. The far side Ooh. passing me by. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. And then his voice in the beginning. Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I oh, love my gosh. So much. That's a, clay, that, that's a track. The far yes. side. Yes. <laughs> love it. Okay. I didn't get 93, but I have 94. That's the year I graduated high school. 94. Is it? I love it. 94. Method Man, all yes. that I need. Oh, yes. Method Man. Yes. I had a crush on Method Man. <laughs> Method Man. Okay, I didn't get 95, but I have 1996. I love year this I so much. Okay. Hey, that's the year my husband graduated. There we I go. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Foxy Brown. Uh-oh. Get you home tonight. Yes. Love yeah. that one. That's a jam, Foxy. Um, and then we'll end with 97. I have to find a 98, 99, but I'll do that later. But 1997, Lil' Kim, 
crush on you. Oh, yes. Oh, I know you see me in the video. Yeah, video. video. True. <laughs> I know That's you hear me on stuff. the radio. True. That's classic stuff. <laughs> Gerardo, that probably reminds you of a party at CU. That, that's a party. That reminds me of a party at UNC. Man, I, was that, 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 I was working. <laughs> I go to parties. I go to parties back then. I got, I got there after my shift and everybody was. <laughs> that. I loved cool. it. Like, that was so much fun. Whenever, like, just brings back so many memories. Like, you think you're so cool. You got your 90s music. You have, mm-hmm. you know. It didn't even bring in like Naughty by Nature oh, and yep, yep. No, that was great. Biggie and but yeah, so uh, many great jams. Those so brought back so many memories. Jordan. And now I can't even Montel listen to words. Say that again, Gerardo. I was just saying Montel Jordan always says like screams that, that vibe to you know like that's yes. right. That's right. I didn't really like that song. This is how we do it so much though. Yeah, <sighs> I no. didn't. I just was not feeling that like, one. I, feel it. That's I wasn't feeling that one. But if yes, it comes off today, I'm, I'm ready to get that. Take me back. No, I was, <laughs> it does. I spoke at my middle school um, last week. And uh, oh, that's right. You showed me some of my old stuff. I've actually posted a picture of me in seventh grade on, on the Instagram. I love that picture. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Because it was on the teacher site too. You um, posted it. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I need to find mine. <laughs> that's right. That's what you, whenever you see those, you're like, let me go back. And right. the kids love to see those types of pictures oh, no, of it's us. Great. It's great. They yeah. love to see those but pictures. I was, like, well, I was going back through the late 80s, early 90s R&B that I was listening to. And I was oh. like, some of this is mad problematic. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. It is. But um, no, but I, but you know, like I was, it was like after seven, it was like, uh, there's the oh, whole, yes, after remember seven. after seven? Yeah. Oh man. Cause I was yes. in middle school uh, after seven new edition, obviously. Um, yeah. Baby face. <gasps> Bell Biff Defoe. Oh, okay. My favorite Jodeci. Jodeci. Oh, <gasps> Uh oh, that's it. When I, that's I listen to some Jodeci, my kids are like, "I'm like, come and talk to me." They're like, you know, I, I love. Really yes. Sometimes my husband and I, we will play our like '90s music, and we'll we'll listen to it for hours, yep. and we'll yep. like dance and listen and reminisce and like dance. Where were we at that time? You know, it's just so funny. It's so funny. It takes you right back instantly. It does. Instantly. Now this stuff now. It's kind of hard for me to digest, but I don't know if it's because I'm getting old. <laughs> I, was, I, I was talking to my friend about that. I was like, man, you sound old. You sound old when you talk about, I can't relate to any of what the kids are listening to today. Oh I'm like, I, I, I can't relate to it, but at least I got to keep them. I got to know the artist just so I can mention it. Like I, I drop, I'd be like, you know, y'all, y'all like Kodak Black, y'all like, YWN, Nelly, y'all like, you know, like, I, and they're just like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know who, I'll, I'm just saying, you just I'm just saying say words. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, or my kids, I'm like, is there an edited version of that? Cause now everything's edited for me. Is there an edited version of that one? And they're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Um, not for that one. But no. if you could give me some Travis Scott and some Drake edited, I'm like, <laughs> In my feels, you know. <laughs> yep. They got some, they, the youngest got some stuff. They got some stuff. They, they got some stuff. I mean, I, yeah. It grows on me. It does. <laughs> well, uh, Lashonda Garrison, thank you so much for joining us for this for this yes. episode. This was so much fun. 
Um, th this was great. I I'm going to end the week on a really positive note because of this conversation. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you for just allowing me to share my story and stories. I should say stories. Yeah, we yes. Thank you both. Many stories. Powerful stuff. Thank you. <laughs> we like to take things out. Um, I ramble for just a little bit. And, um, and then the three of us will say stay dope together because uh, that's how we kind of close okay. the shows. We all say stay dope. I love it. I'll kind of give a cue, um, stuff okay. like that. So that's how we'll do it. So for my fearless co-host, Kevin Bernard Adams, for our amazing guest, the 2021 Dodea Teacher of the Year, LaShawn. Dodea! Munoz um, from Tudo Teachers and a Mic. We want to wish you the opportunity to stay persistent because the week is almost over, people. To stay yes. focused, to stay learning, to stay in the realm of possibility, to stay sharing your stories. And as you do all of those things, make sure that you always stay. Stay. Dope.